You're listening to A Step Forward, episode 27. So we're getting used to our new normal. You've set up your online instruction platform. You've contacted the parents. You've got new lesson plans. And you now have to teach with your own kids there. What does it look like as teachers in our own personal lives when we are expected to take care of our students and our own children at home. Now, I'm sure you can start to realize why our own children weren't welcome in our classrooms on a daily basis. They need a lot of direct supervision, or at least maybe mine do. My children need a lot of direct supervision. There's nobody else in the world that they want to do more for them than their parents. So everything that they used to be able to do at school, magically, even though they're expected to still be quote unquote in school, even though they're at home, and I'm expected to be teaching, even though I'm at home, they still want me to do things that they would never even ask their teacher to do. If you're in that same boat, then my friend, I've got you. That is exactly what we are getting into in this episode of A Step Forward today. Now, before we even get there, you may have noticed that we are changing the name of the podcast, and we are no longer just going to be addressing orientation and mobility, although that's still my love, that's still my heart. We're still going to be talking about that, but we are opening it up to all teachers of visually impaired, rehabilitation teachers. This is something we were going to do in the summer. We were planning on taking a little summer break and then coming back fresh in the new school year because that's what was normal. But now since we're all in the same boat together, I wanted to make sure that everybody feels included, kind of like a big, huge group hug from far away, far, far, far away. So like virtual high fives, virtual hugs to everybody, all related service staff who are in the same boat trying to figure out how am I going to teach movement? How am I going to teach braille? How am I going to teach OT, PT in this new online format? So if you are new here, and this may be the first time that you're finding this podcast episode, hi, I'm Cassie Maloney. I am an orientation and mobility specialist. I'm also a yoga teacher. I'm a mom of two kids. I've got a four-year-old and a five-year-old, and you will hear them in the background for podcasts from here to come. I don't know when they're not going to be here. So our new normal says my kids are here when I'm working and I'm working. So welcome into our house and our family. And I'm also the CEO of Allied Independence. We help orientation and mobility specialists. And actually now we're helping all people who help students with visual impairments. And we'll be reaching out to people who are related service staff members. Learn online. That's our jam And we have some really fun things coming up in the works over the next few months and over the next year. And I can't wait to share that with you then. But for today, let's get these problems solved, right? Hopefully today's episode is going to be fun and hopefully a little insightful, give you some ideas, because this is something that I've been working with and dealing with for two years now. 
for those of you guys who have been friends of mine for a while, you know that I left my full-time teaching job and I started teaching you guys online because I couldn't afford to go to a conference. This was, you know, now a few years ago. I don't even know how many years. And I was just like, oh, well, that's silly. Like my students shouldn't have to suffer because I had two very, very young kids almost at the same time. They're 19 months apart. And I was just like, my teaching shouldn't suffer because I can't go get the information from the experts. That's not fair. That's not fair to me. And that's not fair to my kids. And I had already had online businesses, so I knew how to work Zoom. I knew how to write a website. I knew a little bit about marketing and how to talk to people and how to just not be mean or how to be nice to people, you know, like customer service kind of stuff, how to set up an email, how to get email addresses. So I was just like, why can't we do this? And from there, the International O&M Online Symposium was born. Now, this is what I do all day. And I'm the primary parent, which just means that my husband works a lot. He's rarely ever home for the kids during the day. It's not like we've ever had a life where we like sit down at a dinner table and eat dinner together. That's just not how things roll. I've always solo parented in the morning and at night and most Saturdays. I still solo parent on Saturday mornings. That's just been our life. And then you add in me working from home. And that means I get to still have a full work day whenever my kids are sick. So I've learned a few things along the way. I also used to teach yoga online Saturday mornings live with infants. If you're not shaking your head right now, like, how did you do that? I don't know. And if you were there for those live classes, (laughs) you're probably like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was rough. But we were all, roughing it together because we all had our kids there. So I've learned a lot and I've made a lot of mistakes and I've cleaned up a lot of messes from me making these mistakes and my kids getting into everything and anything in my house. And I don't want that for you. You don't need the stress of your kids finding the Sharpie and taking it to the wall while you're trying to conduct a meeting or having to present yourself professionally and your kids are like wild screaming in the background and then you feel embarrassed about it. Let's talk about all of those things and all of the things that we're like actually going through, right? If you are looking for resources on what to teach your population during this new online era, I don't think that we're going back to full-time, full school for just years and years and years to come right now. I think we're going to come back to this online stuff pretty often from now on. And so if you're looking for what to teach, I'm not going to dive into that in this episode. If we can nail down some experts in respective areas, we will. Otherwise, turn to your Facebook groups. If you are working with students with visual impairments, paths to literacy, paths to technology, Allied Instructional Services, I think, has a resource, and the O&M Live Finders. Look to all of those resources, and they will help you learn what to teach. Your admins will also help guide you as to what to teach. Today, we'll get into 
how to handle yourself as a professional. And I've got a couple tips and we'll just go through them one by one. The first tip that I have for you, honestly, is to give yourself grace, especially at the beginning. If you're listening to this in March, in April, when we are really uncertain of our futures, give yourself some grace. Give the parents you work with some grace. Give your children some grace. Give your students some grace. Everybody is feeling anxious in their own way. Everybody is settling into a new normal in their own way. And that means that nobody is acting the way that they usually do. And nobody can really be expected to do everything that they used to be doing. If we were at the top of the hierarchy of needs three weeks ago, there are days, there are times where we dip into the bottom, where we are now worried about if there's going to be food when we get to the grocery store, if we're even going to have time to get to the grocery store and back before our workday starts or after it ends. Because a lot of the parents that you might be working with probably have full-time jobs and they are working from home. They are expected to work eight hours. They are expected to work their typical eight hours as you might also be, or they might be laid off. Either one of those situations plus the pandemic grocery store issues that we're having mean that food is probably scarce. We know toilet paper, scarce. Paper products are scarce. Money is probably scarce. So as much as everybody wants to keep going forward in that top tier of self-actualization, it's okay if we need some grace and a time to cry or Maybe your lesson turns into listening to the parent as they talk about what they are struggling with and you help guide them. We are not all certain of anything right now besides the fact that we can do good and we are all going to do our best. And we all, every single person, we are all trying our best. So my friend, first and foremost, take a breath you are doing great and your kids are doing great and your students are doing great and the parents that you work with they are doing great and it may not look the same and that is okay the second tip i have for you to set yourself and your children up for success is to find a routine if you're in the bi world you know robbie playha and millie smith man They talk about having object calendars, and I cannot tell you how many times I have just wanted an object calendar for myself. Like, okay, first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. And I just want something to wrap my hands around and hold on to it. And I mean, even if it's like, (gasps) I'm going to hold on to the spoon and it's going to tell me that it's now time to eat, I need a calendar right now. I need a routine. We all are feeling the need for something routine. So with your own children, as much as you can, 
see if you can set up a routine, even if it's a simple morning routine. And in that routine, add some sort of calendar, just like you would do with your students. Do it with your children every day. It doesn't matter if you're just writing something on a piece of copy paper or if you are verbally telling them or however creative you want to get with it. I know Melissa and Doug sell like a calendar thing that you used to be able to get a Target. I don't know if they sell them. I don't know if you can go to Target, whatever. You can draw something. You can make something out of wiki sticks if you have a child who has a visual impairment. I mean, adapt it to their needs. But having some sort of calendar to say, this is what day it is. You can go as in-depth as you want to with this calendar. This is the weather. But I would definitely do, these are the activities we're going to do today and in what order. Sometimes with us, the way that it's been recently, I can give them half a day calendar and just tell them what's going to happen until lunch. And then at lunch, we do the rest of the day. My meetings change. Things get fluctuated. Everybody's trying to work around these new schedules. And I don't honestly always know what the day is going to look like. So I just do the best that I can. But I give my children a calendar. Now they balked at it the first couple days. If that happens to you, that's okay. You know, your students probably balked at stuff that you introduced <laughs> the first couple days that you did it. And that's fine. But having that calendar and having a routine for us every morning, I'm asking them to get up, get dressed, eat breakfast, and then we do our little calendar thing. And then we go do something outside and active. And then I start my work day. Now, when it comes to your actual teaching, you have to be paying attention to your student and their family, but you have little ones. So here's how to manage that aspect. And this I would pay attention to because I have nailed this down over the years. Remember, it's been five years that I've been doing this at least every weekend now. The first idea within that, so this is tip number three, is to save snacks and screen time for when you're in meetings. Right now, the TV just got turned on, actually got turned on probably like an hour or so ago. And that's when I give my kids, like I set them up with a snack. I set them up with TV. I've had many times where I was doing a planning committee meeting and I would just set out the snacks before my meeting started because my kid came home from school, you know, when he went to school in between my meeting. So having it all set up and saying, here, here's your snacks, here's your screen time. And it may change every day. Like your routine at home doesn't have to stay the exact same. That's okay. Yesterday I had a meeting at 10. Guess what time snack time was? 9.50. Today I had a meeting at 11. Snack time happened to be at 10.50. And then we would have lunch right after that. And then that also allows them to chill and it gives them something to do because I don't know, just feeding your kids <laughs> always seems to make them happy. Now, if you can, some ideas for snacks are things that you don't mind cleaning up. If you're not going to be directly watching your children, then you might have to clean up after them if they're younger. And that's okay. So I would suggest not doing things like Kool-Aid or applesauce, 
learn from my mistakes, my friend. I have applesauce on my pillows. And I would stick with things that are more like a bar that they can eat. And it's like one serving and they're not eating all of the everything. Goldfish, graham crackers. These are just things that we like, but whatever snacks work for you. I just really like individual sized, maybe if it's even in a bowl where they can't access the other ones unless they ask. And maybe you just keep the other ones next to you and you just say, hey, bring me your bowl. And then you can refill it that way instead of you having to get up. Or maybe you just leave them a platter of fruits and vegetables and say, hey, if you are hungry, here it is. But having snacks really does seem to help. So that way they're not like nagging on you. And now this is probably for younger kids. For older kids, if they can get their own snacks and they can be a little bit more independent, that might be easier. For them, it might be that you set them up with their actual work time and you just help them get set up with that. And you say, okay, you do you, I'm going to do me and we'll be fine and we'll touch base at whatever time. And then the next tip for actually teaching, especially if your kids are younger, I don't have older kids, so I don't necessarily know if this tip works, but I would suggest, I would, I would think it does, is to touch base with your kids directly before and after. So give them some direct attention, play whatever game they're playing, show them that you're interested in whatever they're doing. Even if it's like what your five minutes in between classes kind of situation, check in with them, make sure that they don't need anything, get them whatever they need while you're on a little break, directly before, right before and right after. For us, it really cuts down how much they interrupt my meetings. And then the last thing that I'm going to suggest is to create a happy list and do something on that happy list every single day. For me, I work better when my area is clean. So I clean my area at the end of the night. I make sure that my workspace is not in my bed. I like to have my workspace with a closed door, but that is come and go. Right now I'm in a closet, so there's a closed door. But oftentimes I have to be right around the kids or they go a little wild. I like to make sure that I move every day and I really need sunshine every day. But these are just me. I also love to have dance parties. I like to, my kids are giggling in the background. Whatever you like to do, make some time to do that. To make sure that your endorphins are high. To make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Maybe it's a bath. Maybe it's a face mask. Maybe it's making sure you have on a full face of makeup, you're fully dressed, whatever that looks like, make sure that you have a happy list full of things that are simple to do and you don't have to do all of them, but try to get to one to two every single day that you can use to help you feel productive and fulfilled in your life and your day. I hope that you like that and that you're able to take those tips We're going to be posting on the show notes at alliedindependenceonline.com any resources that we come across to help any of our teachers, blind, visually impaired, orientation mobility specialists, if we find anything for OTPTs, any of you guys who are related service staff members, especially those working with children with visual impairments, we're going to be posting those resources on this show note as we come across them. So I hope that that helps you. I hope that all of this helps you. Hit me up on Instagram, Cassie Maloney, K-A-S-S-Y-M-A-L-O-N-E-Y. 
let me know what you thought of this episode and how I can support you. I hope that you guys all have a great rest of your week. And I hope that you were able to use this just to take a step forward. All right, friends, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.